This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Defense Department has a new weapon right out of special operations. It's not hardware or software, but meatware. A new chief data officer who will work right in the secretary's office. For this and other developments in DOD, Federal News Network's Scott Massioni and Jared Serbu. And before we get to all of that, Scott, you've got some recent breaking news with respect to closure of military health facilities. What's going on? That's right, Tom. There were two different specific things that they're talking about in the the past here. So one of them is that the uh, Defense Department wanted to reduce and realign some of its military treatment facilities in a way that would possibly save them money and outsource some of the work to the private communities. Uh, The House Armed Services Personnel Subcommittee wants to put a year halt on that, partly because of the um, the coronavirus issue, and partly because they just really haven't gotten the information that they want from the Defense Department in terms of how these communities can absorb what they uh, are, what the, the demand really from these military um, you know bases and from the the people that rely on the military treatment facilities. Secondly, the Defense Department also wanted to reduce its medical personnel about eight thousand. That's something that they're also putting a one-year halt on. And the reason for that is also the same thing. The analysis just isn't there. DOD wanted to reduce these because they said that they were positions that were mostly vacant or were holding positions that really just weren't doing as much as they could be doing. And once again, they would outsource that sort of manpower out into the communities. So, um, you know, they are also looking at this coronavirus issue and thinking, well, we we might need more doctors and nurses than we thought we did. So uh, one-year pause on that, and then they're going to be – reassessing it again. Um, that's that's a, a pretty stark change from the Defense Department, who said just last week that they wanted to continue with, with the plan of at least uh, closing those military treatment facilities. This is proposed for the National Defense Authorization Act, which both chambers of Congress are going to be dealing with heavily in the days and weeks ahead. And it looks like this is something that they're pretty certain will be included. Fair way to put it, Scott? Yeah, I think that's a fair characterization. You know, both the House and Senate have had their qualms with this issue for quite a while. So delaying something by a year really doesn't you know, change that much for them. And, and it gives them more time to think things over and get more information from the Defense Department. OK. And Jared, let's move back to the issue of the new chief data officer for the Secretary of Defense's office. This sounds like a, a move that they've got some pretty heavy plans invested in. Yeah. And this is something that goes back to last year's NDAA or depending on how you look at it, this year's NDAA, the 2020 NDAA. In that bill, Congress told the Defense Department it's time to move the, the position of chief data officer from the CMO's office to the CIO's office. And within mere weeks of the passage of that legislation, Dana Deasy, the DOD CIO, said, all right, let's get going and put a, put a job solicitation out on the street to hire a new, CIO, or a new CDO, that is, to work within the CIO's office. That hire was announced last week, and it is Dave Spurk, who had been the chief data officer at U.S. Special Operations Command. So again, this is the first time that 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 position, sort of newly created position within the CIO's office, is going to be filled. We haven't seen a whole lot of details on exactly what the priorities for that new job are going to be, but the same bill did also have some very specific requirements for that new position, one of them being the CIO and the CDO need to work together to come up with a comprehensive plan to move DOD's applications to the cloud. That report is actually just slightly past due. And uh, also, they're supposed to work together, the CIO, that is, along with the CDO, to optimize uh, the uh, DOD's IT budget and get a more comprehensive, um, digestible catalog of all the department's cyber investments. Well, maybe Spurk could be the wizard that finally teaches them how to figure out what they're spending across the board in some accurate, transparent way. 
in, in a way that's digestible too, I think is the key. And that's, that's one of the things that both the department and Congress have really been harping on is we, we need, you know, not just numbers in a big spreadsheet. We need to be able to, we need the department itself and we need Congress to get a better understanding of what all the department's data is and what all of its IT investments actually are and, and how effective that money is being spent. We're speaking with Federal News Network's DOD reporters, Jared Serbu and Scott Massioni. And Jared, this Roosevelt, the USS Roosevelt carrier and the COVID incident seems to keep projecting issues. And now the House is getting into the battle here to find out what happened. Tell us more about that one. Yeah, so as as we all heard last Friday, the Navy had concluded its really second investigation into the firing of Captain Brett Crozier and the coronavirus outbreak aboard the Roosevelt. They basically concluded, just to recap that, that Captain Crozier did indeed deserve to be relieved for command, but not for the original reason he was relieved. So that letter that he sent that was eventually leaked to the media um, asking the Navy for help uh, was the original reason cited by then acting Navy Secretary Tom Modley. Um, there was a point at which the chief of naval operations, Admiral Michael Gilday, thought that he should be reinstated because that he he felt that letter was really not a firing offense in and of itself. But this investigation yielded more evidence. He thought that Captain Crozier did not behave appropriately and didn't do enough to stop the spread of the virus on board the Roosevelt. So that that those were you know that's the nutshell version of the Navy's conclusions. The House Armed Services Committee isn't quite buying it, so they're going to launch their own investigation, and we don't know the full scope of what that's going to be or how long it's going to take or if they're going to bring in outside investigators to help. But the gist of it seems to be that there is an ongoing frustration in parts of Congress, especially on the part of Adam Smith, the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, that the Navy has had some major leadership problems and major incidents, including the at-sea collisions, including the Fat Leonard scandal, and now this incident in which none of the department's senior leader, none of the Navy Department's senior leadership, especially on the civilian side, is really ever held accountable for these really serious problems. They tend to be lower-level firings, dismissals, other discipline that never really gets at the civilian chain of the, 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 the higher levels of the chain of command and especially the civilian chain of command. So that, based on uh, Chairman Smith's remarks late last week, that seems to be where the investigation is headed as, as far as, you know, how, how do we get some accountability on the civilian side here? And Scott, the industrial side of DOD, the supplier base, is seeing COVID impacts too, aren't they? That's right. And as you know, the the coronavirus has been affecting the defense industry for quite some time, really, since everything started. And the Defense Department is putting a lot of its you know chips into uh, space. Last week, they came out with a space strategy. The Space Force is getting set up. So uh, rightly so, they're looking into their space suppliers and how they're doing. Right now, it's looking like they're hurting pretty badly. They, they, uh, they self-reported that they're moderately hurting or worse from cash flow and workforce issues resulting from the epidemic. And this is really a, a poll of 388 space-focused companies within the Space Enterprise Consortium, just one of those OTA consortiums that DOD deals with when they want to speed up acquisition. Uh, it's really no surprise, you know, how impactful the the ec- epidemic was. But uh, you know, something that they're they're concerned about. They also reported that there's at least one third of them reported that they're seeing uh, delays in programs, and and that's something that DOD is really trying to keep an eye on, considering that they thought there would be at least a couple month delay in most of their major programs due to the coronavirus. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni and Jared Serbu, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Check out their DOD Reporter's Notebook for this and a whole lot more other news at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zell. 
Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.